New York Times Ethicists Weight Stigma Hypocrisy, Part 2. This is the Weight and Healthcare newsletter. If you like what you're hearing, please consider subscribing and or sharing at weightandhealthcare.com. In the column, The Ethicist, in the New York Times, a letter writer was concerned that his friend was fat and, as she had asked him not to talk to her about her weight, he wanted to know if he should go behind her back to talk with her children. I wrote about the ensuing column in Part 1 last week. In the comments on that article, many of you wrote about a separate column in which someone wrote in concerned about friends who were taking the weight loss drug semaglutide marketed by Novo Nordisk. The letter says, quote, Recently, two of my good friends, neither of whom is, quote, obese, have joined the masses taking semaglutide for weight loss. Because the three of us live in different parts of the country, our friendship is maintained by annual visits and frequent texts. Lately, in our text thread, all they can do is rave about how these drugs have been, quote, life-changing in helping them drop the stubborn 20 pounds they've been wanting to lose since hitting their 40s. I'm conflicted about the safety and popularity of these drugs for weight loss, and so I've remained silent whenever this topic comes up. Our annual trip is coming up, and I fear I'll be forced to offer my opinion about their weight loss, especially since the trip involves time at the pool. Should I compliment them to keep the peace? Or is there a tactful way to make my differing opinion about these drugs known? End quote. One thing I want to note that is concerning is the letter writer's choice to point out that their friends are, quote, not, quote, obese, which can imply that the safety concerns about the drug would not be valid if the friend's weight was higher. This is a type of weight stigma we see from lay people and healthcare practitioners alike, where risk is predicated on size and based on the idea that people's lives and quality of life are less valuable and more riskable if they weigh more. Let's get to the ethicist's answer. He begins, quote, it's not the job of friends to play doctor, end quote. What's that now? Make no mistake, I absolutely agree with this statement. I just can't help but remember that when the subject of the letter was fat, the ethicist was comfortable with everyone from the letter writer to the subject's children to the ethicist himself playing doctor. He goes on, quote, People who have been prescribed semaglutide will have received medical advice about possible side effects. More than a few will have experienced them, end quote. The truth is that people who have been prescribed semaglutide should have received medical advice about possible side effects, but the reality of the experience of fat people is that often healthcare practitioners vastly underplay the truth about side effects as just one of the ways they try to manipulate us into doing what they think is best. This can be exacerbated when companies like Weight Watchers and Noom become weight loss drug pill mills. He says, quote, you imply there's a moral problem about taking the drug, but you don't say what it is, end quote. There's nothing in the letter that suggests to me that the writer's concern is focused on anything but the safety of the drugs. Of course, I could be missing it. He continues, quote, Maybe your concern is that your friends have been prescribed semaglutide medication for an off-label use, one that hasn't been authorized by the FDA. But physicians use off-label therapies all the time, including for serious conditions like macular degeneration, with backing from the EU and UK authorities. You'd want to be specific about why this off-label use is objectionable, end quote. Hmm. I wonder why the ethicist chose macular degeneration as an example of off-label prescribing instead of, say, Fenfen, a weight loss drug cocktail that was heavily prescribed off-label and was finally pulled from the market but not before it killed some people and harmed many others. In truth, not only don't we know if this is the letter writer's concern, it seems that the ethicist might not be aware that semaglutide sold under the brand name Ozempic is not indicated for weight loss, but sold under the brand name Wagovi is authorized by the FDA for weight loss and thus wouldn't be off-label. Next, he says, 
Or maybe you're worried that they've been using a drug that has been in short supply, posing difficulties for those with diabetes who need it. That was a real issue, though as manufacturing has ramped up a temporary one. You might still feel they have been selfish to even make a minuscule contribution to that shortage. There are millions of semaglutide prescriptions in the U.S. alone. If so, you might invite a broader discussion with your friends about the problems to which your own various habits of consumption are making similar contributions, end quote. I think it's terribly interesting that when the subject of the letter was fat, the ethicist took a firm, you're right, your friend is wrong stance with the letter writer, suggesting that the letter writer talk to their, quote, friend or her children about the friend's behavior. When the subjects of the letter aren't fat, at least not with the letter writer's description of, quote, obeses, and are pursuing weight loss, suddenly the letter writer should be introspective and have a broader conversation and consider where they are a, quote, problem. The ethicist assumes, without evidence, that the letter writer's habits have some parallels with taking a medication for what the letter writer suggests is vanity, weight loss, that people with diabetes medically need and for which there is a shortage. Also, the ethicist's use of was regarding the shortage is simply inaccurate. As of June 7th, semaglutide, as both Ozempic for type 2 diabetes and Wagovi for weight loss, is on the FDA drug shortage list and remains on the list as of this writing on July 2nd. The ethicist's article was published on June 28th. Next, he writes, quote, not knowing what your specific concerns are, I can't tell you how to broach them, unquote. This letter writer was clear that she is concerned about the safety of the drug. Now, suddenly, the same ethicist who was armchair diagnosing a fat person, suggesting with no evidence that she might be lying about her ability to access drugs, recommending a dangerous surgery and making baseless claims minimizing the risk of that surgery, has no suggestions to offer? He goes on, quote, But if what's really bothering you is the thought that your friends are taking the easy way out, well, I doubt that's a cogent position, end quote. The letter says absolutely nothing like this. Here, as with the other letters, I think that the ethicist may be heavily relying on one of the pharma lobbying groups disguised as an advocacy group, like the, quote, Obesity Action Coalition, for talking points and information. He ends with, quote, In any case, the evidence is clear. Moralizing weight issues doesn't help solve them, end quote. The ethicist has tied himself into knots here to avoid answering the actual question of whether the letter writer should compliment their friend's weight loss to make them happy or should share their concern for their safety. Remember that when the subject of the letter was fat and had specifically asked the writer not to share their concerns, the ethicist made the letter writer into a hero for wanting to share their concerns and suggested that the writer go behind their friend's back to enlist her children, treating the woman as a problem to be solved. Now, when the subjects are pursuing weight loss with drugs that can have serious side effects, they carry the FDA's strongest warning, being worried for their health is inappropriately moralizing. The hypocrisy here is clear and staggering for someone who literally writes as the ethicist. The ethicist also takes one last opportunity to reinvest in the deeply flawed body size as disease paradigm. Were I to answer the letter writer's question, I would say that if they want to share their concerns about these drugs with their friends, they should ask the friends if they want to hear those concerns, and if not, 
they should not share them. I also think that the letter writer, like all of us, has the right to set boundaries, to tell their friends that they aren't interested in hearing about weight loss, and if that's what the friends insist on talking about, then they will simply find something else to do or somewhere else to be. Also, there is no obligation to compliment people on body size manipulation if we don't want to. People are allowed to buy into a culture that says that a thin body is a better body and that manipulating one's body size to be smaller is praiseworthy, but we aren't obligated to buy into that culture. For me, complimenting people for becoming, at least temporarily, smaller is buying into and perpetuating a dangerous culture built on weight stigma that harms people of all sizes, with the most harm being done to those at the highest weights and those with multiple marginalized identities. Not to mention that if the friends stop taking the pills, Nova Nordisk's own research shows that they will regain the bit of weight that they lost. And even if they stay on the drug for life, Novo Nordisk's, quote, long-term research showed that weight was climbing at the two-year mark, even for people who were still on the drug. Novo's behavior is certainly worthy of significant ethical scrutiny, but based on these two columns, the New York Times ethicist is not in a position to do that effectively. Did you find this post helpful? You can subscribe for free to get future posts delivered direct to your inbox, or choose a paid subscription to support the newsletter and the work that goes into it and get special benefits. Go to weightandhealthcare.com and click subscribe.